The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Miles to Memories podcast. We have a special bonus episode for you this week. Our friend Mark Jackson from Brad's Deals joins Mark Osterman and myself, and we're going to talk about deals, current events, travel hacking, best miles and points redemptions, and uh, tips for dealing with uh, what's going on right now. All that and more. And uh, if you like the show, please consider subscribing. MTMPodcast.com is where you can find links. Uh, we support all the podcast platforms. MTMPodcast.com. And uh, let's hit it. Hey, Marks, how are you guys doing today? pretty good attack of the marks going yeah, down we got, we got both marks here we got of course uh mark osterman who everybody knows and love but we have our old friend mark jackson here on the line from arizona under self-isolation there right absolutely just hunkering down for the foreseeable future thanks for uh having me on yeah no problem and for anybody who has never met you or doesn't know you you basically run the travel and personal finance stuff for brad's deals right yeah so if you haven't heard of Brad Seals, we're a kind of team of experts that search for and validate online deals and discounts to help our readers uh, shop smarter. And so we, we have a pretty big retail operation. I handle kind of everything else that doesn't fit into that bucket. So that's uh, travel and personal finance deals. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Brad's deals and what you guys are doing here a little bit later. But I think it's kind of cool to talk to the audience and kind of inform people, but you used to have a blog, right? You used to, you kind of came up, started a blog doing miles and points stuff, and then did uh, some personal, some freelance work and stuff like that, right? How did that happen? Yeah, I had a, my own blog. I started that, I think, right when I was graduating college. So around 2012, back kind of in the wild west days of travel blogging. Um, the easy and, points days. <laughs> yeah, the fun oh, yeah. days for sure. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I started college, the market crashed on my birthday. So I kind of have experienced the Great Recession and coming out of that and all the great credit card offers and seeing the whole industry kind of rise out of that. So I definitely took advantage during college and everyone um, kind of asked me like, hey, how are you going to like China for on, you know, spring break? You know, I went to I went to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, we're again. going to Panama City. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're flying exactly. in a bed. What's going on here? Right. And so um, so I was like, you know, I should start a blog just so I can just send people links. And, you know, I, of course, read, you know, a ton of the bigger blogs at the time, a lot of boarding area blogs and saw that there was probably some money to be made, but it was really more of just like a passion project. And I wanted to always kind of build a website and see what, how that worked and more just a learning exercise on something I, you know, obviously love. So so yeah, that rolled into writing for other sites. I went to grad school and so just looking to pick up any spare cash I could when I didn't have a, a real job. It was international business, so that helped fuel a lot of the content on my blog and some other blogs that I'd write for. And, and then kind of out of the blue, Brad Seals was looking for someone to do what I do for them now, which is manage kind of the whole travel, working with our OTA partners, um, all of our other merchants on the travel side of things, and then write about credit cards 
you know, talk to credit card companies and promote those offers in a smart way to our readership and help them save money on kind of their everyday life, which you know flows nicely from what we do with all the retail offers that we promote too. Yeah, it's kind of great. You now you wrote for the points guy for a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, I wrote a couple articles for them. Um, nice. Was never like a full time staff member, but yeah, they were the first people to actually pay me, and that was I was still in <laughs> still in college. So I was like, like yes, I was like, wow, like two hundred bucks, like yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that was hey, very sweet. Yeah, so uh, definitely uh, credit to them for seeing the talent early, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the name of your blog, Travel Playbook. I think that's a great name. We should buy that name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I doing think, any? Have you done anything with it since then? Or, have, you know, haven't done anything with it. You know, just kind of been writing for Brad's deals since. But yeah, you know, it was it was a great learning experience, and you know, obviously worth all of the kind of hours that I spent just writing. I mean, I was when I started it, I was an assistant in Hollywood working for CBS, and I was super super bored at work and would just be blogging all day, waiting for phone calls as they came in because I mean, you just had a lot of downtime <laughs> with that job. So you know, it was a good. Uh, Sanity exercise, nice too. multitasking there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did you go from, you know, doing some freelance work for the points guy to getting into Brad's deals full time? And how, how kind of has been, what has been your journey with Brad's deals into your current position there? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. So uh, as I mentioned, you know, I was applying for a lot of freelance jobs and especially back then it was kind of harder to find, or you just were kind of trying to pick up like any blog that would pay you even outside of points and miles. I wrote like I wrote for like a chocolate blog for a while. I wrote for nice. <laughs> what what kind of articles did you write? It, it about was like I, it was. It, what was it? It was like it was like a very specific like chocolatier. Like it was like a very high end chocolate blog, and they just needed to promote the types of chocolate that they were. So they just like uh, send you like talking points, and you just kind of <laughs> exactly and just form it and uh, and it would take me you know, 10 or 15 minutes to write the article and you make a few bucks and I'd go spend yeah. that at the, at the bar on campus in grad school, you know? So, I mean, it was, <laughs> I was going to say, nice... you, I thought you were going to say the candy store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'd go buy, yeah. Some, go buy some chocolate. nice chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was ready, you know, just picking up anything I could and was honestly applying for a lot of things and saw Brad Steele's post something. And I, and I honestly thought that it was a, of a freelance position. Cause I'm not, I, I read things quickly sometimes and I just, gloss over them. It looked like perfect. And so I fired off this resume cover letter, you know, over. And so they, they scheduled a phone interview and I get on the phone and they're asking me about like what salary I'm looking for and all this stuff. So I realized it's, it's a full-time job. So I had to kind of just like change my whole mindset here <laughs> on, the fly. on the fly and ended up, uh, ended up getting the job. So <laughs> I don't think they know that, that I, I'm good I really, at both. Uh, yeah. Right. That I, uh, you know, it turns out I was a great fit for what they were looking for. So, so it all worked out. But yeah, I always think that's funny that somewhere I've been for six years really was, it couldn't have happened. <laughs> you know, it was possible that it wouldn't have happened because. <laughs> that's just... pretty crazy. So yeah, I started as an editor. So we have 18 editors on site that everyone's posting about. Some people posting about just fashion or, or just electronics. And so I wrote, you know, about credit cards and travel. Moved to kind of take over. So at first I just focused just on kind of the content and kind of doing basically what a blogger would do, writing for the blog and then some of our other content pieces on the site. Move from that into doing that and and also managing the business relationships for us um, between especially the credit card companies, because I, I think uh, a lot of people at Brad's deals realize, oh, like he does know a lot about credit cards and he'd be a good person to talk to the credit cards directly, you know, about what we maybe need. So yeah, moved into that pretty soon after I joined Brad's deals and 
now I'm on the business development team, but doing basically the same thing, just finding new opportunities within personal finance, you know, in, in areas that we traditionally haven't covered on the site just to save people money. I mean, we're, you know, promoting insurance offers, we're auto refinancing offers, especially now with, you know, the Federal Reserve dropping their interest rates, you know, the deals for people trying to save money on their everyday you know, expenses, potentially there's a lot of value in us, you know, making sure that our readers know that that offer may be out there for them. Now, we first met a few years ago at CardCon, which is an industry event for journalists who cover credit cards, basically. It was a really good event, and that event's kind of grown over the years. And as you said, you talk a lot to the credit card companies, and you have a good insight into the industry. What do you foresee being, in, in the short term, the big changes we're going to see when it comes to like rewards cards? Or what kind of pullbacks are you seeing from the banks or changes that you're seeing because of current events? Yeah, I mean, we're going to see a lot of pullback. For, for one, you know, we see, I think now, so we've actually moved our credit card uh, deals over to a new partner, Card Ratings, which I think you guys work with too. Yeah, but, yeah, we do. So we're kind of in the same boat. So we saw, you know, Capital One decide not to promote their cards for the foreseeable future. I mean, that was the first kind of domino to fall. I, I see, you know, in the short term, obviously companies are focusing on just pure budget and looking to cut costs in any way possible. I think that, uh, you know, affiliate marketing in the space will continue, but the types of cards that are going to be available, it's going to be to lower risk customers. You know, it's the high end spenders that they know can pay their bills. And it, it really depends though. I mean, no one knows how long that this crisis is going to last. So I think the longer it lasts, the more, you know, more cutbacks that we'll see in the market, um, especially if people aren't wanting to travel. The value of a travel credit card or airline miles is not very valuable to someone who can't use them. So we'll see. I mean, it's still very much up in the air exactly what may happen here in the next six to 12 months. I know there's some speculation that banks are going to start pulling back on bonuses and cutting stuff back in that way. Do you think it's a good time for people in general to, to apply? Do you think that's going to change in the short term where they kind of flatten out their bonuses and, and go into survival mode? Or do you think it's going to kind of be business as usual as far as that goes? Yeah, I mean, I think the sign-up bonuses have been very high over the last couple of years, as, as you guys have seen too. I think now is the time for sure. I'm sure there'll be some cards out there that will be good offers, especially on the on the upper end of the of the credit market. So, you know, you're excellent credit for you know, people applying for credit cards. So I think now is probably a good time to, to think about applying for cards, especially for some out there that if you need it, like balance transfer cards or 0% APR cards, you definitely don't want to see those offers disappear and you not be able to take advantage of them if you need them. I never really thought about that that way. I always, you know, we're always focused on the miles and points and stuff, but for the greater you know, people out there, the credit card market for most majority of people, you know, the 0% offer is a huge thing, especially these times when people are going to be struggling to pay bills when they're laid off and everything. So I know a lot of them will be looking for that to get a balance transfer or um, to get 0% on purchases for 12 months just to kind of keep their cash flow good. So I think that's a really good point that if you are thinking about doing that now is probably better than later because they might cut back on the length, knowing that people are going to be losing jobs and the, the way the market's going and all that. But if that's something you're considering, I think that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Credit cards for me, I, I see them as almost a stress relief if you use them correctly. You know, for all three of us, you know, we love to not stress about our travel costs because, you know, a lot of it's uh, redeeming points, but it can also be used in the opposite direction, you know, cash back or just giving you a few more months of breathing room as you kind of figure out all these rapid changes that happen in your life. So, you know, I'm hoping that a lot of our readers can take advantage of some of the offers that we've sent them over the last couple of weeks and that some of them stick around too. 
Yeah, I mean, 10 years ago during the, you know, when the the big downturn happened, the one thing that happened fairly quickly when the banks started to really get in trouble was they cut credit lines. So, you know, being kind of taking the time now before there's been any huge changes to kind of make sure you're in the best position going forward for whatever your goals are and your needs is definitely a good idea, I, I think. And I think that kind of brings us into the next topic, which is kind of talking about deals. Right now, the economy was great. And I think when people are making a lot of money and the economy is really good, they focus a little bit less on saving money. But as things kind of tighten, finding the great deals is is really important. And how, how should people, and I, I guess we can define deals fairly loosely, but how should people be pursuing deals right now? Where should they, and obviously Brad's deals and other sites, but what can they do to kind of make sure they're getting the best deals as they come, finding out about the best deals given the new economy and how all businesses are trying to attract new customers? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, our our service is perfectly aligned with what's going on out there in the market right now. Throughout this strong economy, we've been promoting, you know, the very best of web pricing on everything that we post on the site. We focus on quality products. We don't work with everyone. Differentiates us from some of our competitors, I think, in that our editorial team really takes this seriously. Slick, slick deals, cough, cough. Yeah, cough, cough. No. Um, so yeah, and we and so we, you know, we don't offer any cashback to customers. You know, our, the reason why our our readers come back to us is because we find them the best deals, and we really do research a lot into, you know, that tennis shoe you might be buying or tennis racket, you know, whatever, whatever might be on our site at any time. We post literally, you know, thousands of deals a month. You know, we take that seriously. And so we, we've been working a lot with Amazon over the last year. And, you know, we've heard in the news so much about counterfeits on Amazon and how I think the government is starting to catch up to the fact that, you know, this needs to be handled because there are a lot of counterfeit products being sold on Amazon every day. And so we partnered with a company called Fake Spot. That helps us verify that these sellers and these deals are actually real products and that they're, you know, of quality. And so we want to make sure that we only promote those types of deals to to our readers. So that just launched, you know, about a month ago. So we're we're pretty pretty excited by our our partnership there. Does Brad's deals have deal alerts or what? Any other type of you know content people? I know you have a newsletter people can subscribe to, but do they have any sort of interactive alerts people can set if they're looking for specific deals? Yeah, on site you can sign up for a free account and sign up for what we literally call deal alerts. So it's uh, you can flag uh, different brands that as soon as we post something to the site, you get an email saying, "Hey, we got a new got a new product." posted on the site so thanks for all the shoes my wife buys because of oh no brand steals alerts <laughs> i tell everyone you know it's like oh, i've never heard of you like i'll sign it for your newsletter and i'm like I'm, I'm warning you you're gonna spend money that you didn't want to spend but it's gonna be a great deal <laughs> i've had you know conference calls with potential partners and they've literally bought something on the phone they're like i just bought a sweater <laughs> yeah. they're like oh i'm checking you out oh wait i really need this <laughs> How did my credit card get out of my wallet? You know, so I, mean, I remember I, like early days of being on some of those deal sites, and I you buy so much. It'd be a great deal, but you just buy so much stuff that you don't need. And you're like, well, it's a good deal. It's fun. It's a great toy. But yeah, and for for us, especially in the last couple of weeks, we really have focused on the essentials, like things that people need right now. You know, as they work from home, or even things like I mean, we can't really post toilet paper because it's sold out everywhere. But you know, things like grocery delivery services and streaming services—all those things that people may need while they're kind of staying at home a lot more—we we really have tried to focus on on that a lot because yeah, we don't want people spending needless amounts of money on things that they're not going to use. We want to we want our site to kind of add value to their life. So yeah, you know, we take that to heart for sure. 
Are you searching any personally? Are you looking at any travel deals now? All these great airfare deals we're seeing. Are you booking anything for the future? Is it too soon? What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I can't, I was definitely tempted by that La Premiere deal that I saw come across the internet today from like Algeria to, to Portland, I think, for 600 bucks one way. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't Such flown a that random, <laughs> a random yeah. deal. In a normal time, I probably would have, probably would have booked that and figured out how to get to Algeria. But I think it's too soon. It's definitely too soon for me to book anything speculatively. Even if I knew kind of an inkling of when travel would come back, I just don't want to lock up my cash right now in a trip. Uh, one, I have a ton of credits, <laughs> you know, that I, that I got to use before, um, you know, the end of the year, I think once, once we are able to travel again. One, one other thing too, is I have a pretty large trip planned in at the end of September that I hope still happens. I and mean, that's kind of my big trip for this year. Uh, we had one planned in, in May that we had to cancel. I, and I would have been at a Disney World today had it not been for COVID-19. So I would have been at Adult yes. Disney World, aka Vegas today. <laughs> I don't know which which one costs more now at this point. <laughs> well, if you're Disney World, Disney, yeah. <laughs> if you don't gamble, Vegas is very cheap. But if you gamble, I guess it all depends on how lucky you are. But Disney is for sure expensive every time. Yeah. So I, I think it's too soon for me to book any any new trips, but I I am taking a look at the deals, and I think that we'll see really good deals come out as soon as people maybe inch towards feeling a little bit more comfortable about travel. I mean, the thing that we don't know is one, how comfortable are people going to be with traveling immediately after, like, I don't think that the whole country is just going to get the all clear to go ahead and start booking, you know, your flights to Cancun again. And then the countries themselves outside of the U.S., you know, when are they going to actually open up their borders? It's not going to all happen at once. Everyone's going to have all different rules. It's, I think it's going to be kind of a pretty big mess for the first 12 months after this crisis is kind of subdued, but you know, we don't know if it's going to come back next, next fall as well. So it's, there's a lot of uh, questions. And so that's just kind of prevented me from taking advantage of, of too much. That being said, if down the line, if I see something that's maybe driving distance, um, you know, if Vegas opens back up or maybe Palm Springs, I'm here in Scottsdale, Arizona. So something that's a little bit easier for me to take advantage of, you know, I could see myself maybe booking that. I think it's crazy. A lot of people seem to think that everything is just going to kind of go back to the way it was when this is over, and it's going to take a long time. And then, as you say, there's external factors like other countries and all of their rules. And even if our rules are lifted, you know, even if for some reason the government said you could go outside tomorrow, first doesn't mean it's safe, and the second doesn't mean that other countries will allow you to go travel there or even other states or whatever. So definitely too much up in the air, I think, to to make any long-term plans. I've kind of toyed with the idea of booking some stuff for 2021, but I still haven't done that yet. Mark, have you booked any any sort of travel? Are you kind of teetering, tempted to do it? No, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm like the other Mark. I'm I'm just sitting on the sidelines and not doing anything yeah. really. I mean, I've, I've rebooked some of the stuff I already have booked, like uh, with the Southwest deals where you can get it at a cheaper price and stuff like that. But I'm probably going to end up canceling all that stuff. So I'm just kind of sitting pat, you know, with miles and points and with all the deals that are going to be coming out. I'm not too worried about it when it is time to travel. I think we'll be able to find last minute deals and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting. I don't know. My heart's not in it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> are either of you feeling a little trapped? I mean, are you, because because of this, no travel, no kind of hope in sight? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it starting? Depression kids, setting Kids in? on at 24-7? Yeah. Trapped. I do not have any children, so I, I'm not feeling that pressure hostage situation. <laughs> but um, you know, well, nine months from now, kids coming. Watch. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but 
you know, it's really good weather right now in Scottsdale, so I'm not feeling... Rub it in. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, but, but <laughs> here comes a but, but in two months, you know, when it starts getting inching up into the hundreds, and I know Sean kind of feels this a little bit in Vegas, but we're even hotter than Vegas. I mean, if this lingers into June and July and it's 120 outside, you bet I'm going to be pretty bummed that I'm not somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. You can't really just go chill in the backyard until the nighttime, at least. Right. Yeah, it's been beautiful here as well, and I've been enjoying going outside thinking, you know... If you bring up that dang fire pit, Sean, (laughs) I swear. I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up, but now... Guess what? I had a fire outside today, just just for you, man. And I'm legit, like, we did that. But Benji has the best fire pit. He has just a barrel... Where he just like tosses a few pieces just a metal of metal fifty some... gallon drum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a fifty gallon drum, just like tossing the homeless some wood people and... use in New York City. That's <laughs> exactly, exactly. So a little lighter fluid and just practical. Start it up. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> you don't need garbage. You just burn it. <laughs> Benji never ceases to amaze me. He he lives an amazing, amazing life. Yeah, so we're all at home hanging out and don't have a ton of stuff to do, have extra time. So what are some things that you're doing to like earn extra income if you're doing anything? I know like bank bonuses is something I'm focusing on. I don't know if that's anything you guys are focusing on on Brad's deals as well, but just like some easy money opportunities. Is there anything that you have that you've been working on? Yeah, I mean, definitely the bank account bonuses, easy way to, to make a few extra dollars here sitting at home. And then kind of what I mentioned at the top, saving money on bills that you have to pay anyway. So it's your auto loan if you have one, like taking a look at that rate. Or you know, even, I was thinking about this today, even your auto insurance, like taking a look at that because if you're not driving anywhere, like not really worth it to have the same plan that you maybe had before. You know, there's services like Metro Mile that, you know, it's a per mile insurance. And so, you know, taking a look at that and seeing if the cost makes sense uh, to oh, your family. Oh, interesting. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. And and I've taken a look at it in the past. And for me, it didn't make sense. But if I'm literally driving nowhere, but do want insurance, you know, in case of emergency or driving, you know, a mile or two to the grocery store and back, you know, a couple times a month during this whole thing, you know, you could save a decent amount of money that way. That's a good point. That and then, of course, like refinance your house if you have the time now because rates are so low. Absolutely. Rates are low. They did pop back up, though, unfortunately. I was yeah. talking to my brother about that the other day. He owns a mortgage company. and I agree with you. I saw them pop up and I, I read a few articles and it was probably because that there's just too much volume coming in, I think, and they don't have enough people on staff to really handle that volume that's happened before in the past. Is that kind of what your brother said too? Yeah, he said the, the margins were just too low first off at those lower interest rates. And then, yeah, the, the amount of capacity in the entire mortgage industry in the entire country just wasn't enough uh, when those rates went down. So they went back up to basically meter capacity. Most likely they won't go be going back down, but they've done some interesting things. Mortgage relief to kind of juice the mortgage industry. They're doing drive-by appraisals now, so appraisers don't have to go inside the house. Um, they're doing. They're using more automated appraisals. Um, they've relaxed some of the air, uh, employment verification stuff. So it's interesting uh, that some of that that industry is still going very strong despite the fact that the economy is sort of on the edge of something that we don't know quite what's going to happen. But the mortgage industry is still quite strong right now. That's a no-brainer. If it's still, if you've been in your house for a while, I mean, your rate was likely higher than it is now. We refinanced our home in December. Uh, so we actually got a pretty good rate. I haven't looked and compared it, but I think it's probably around what the rates are right now. So, I mean, we're pretty happy with, with that decision and knocked a few years off the mortgage. But 
yeah, I, th- I think, uh, you know, some other ways to earn some extra money and with the casinos kind of closed in Vegas is, uh, you know, the stock market's out there. It's a educated uh, gambling decision, <laughs> but yeah. um, you can, I mean. Me and Sean failed on Groupon. We sold a little too early. Uh, <laughs> we made money. Well, that's good. Yeah, we, we, don't we made money, but it we went up like early. another, like, it what? well. Cause, 25% or something. Basically, yeah, probably. yeah, like 25% after we sold it. Oh, mm-hmm. hurts. Wow. Brutal. Yeah, so I mean, that's, you know, there's plenty of options. I, I tell people too, if you're not struggling with cash, to uh, contribute a little bit more to your 401k over the next couple of weeks because, um, you yeah, know, obviously sure. the mar- market's dropped and when it comes back up, your retirement is going to benefit from that. So, you know, there's some ways that maybe people don't traditionally think about that could have a nice effect down the line. Yeah, and we actually did, um, luckily, like a couple months ago, we did a cash out refinance, mainly because we were looking, we want to move to a to a new location that's a little bit closer to the kids' school and stuff. Right now, it's like a half hour drive each day. So we wanted to do that, and then it'd be better for my wife's work. So we did this. It was like twofold. We wanted to pull out the money so we have it, so we can make a purchase of the next house and not have to try to sell our house while we're living in it. And then we also wanted to have that security blanket. Like we have money in the bank account. If anything happens to, you know her job or anything like that we have some some money to to play with so that's something that people might want to consider before you know there's a a likely if the recession hits there's a downturn in the market likely housing market follows that that same uh downward spiral so it's something that you might want to consider just for security we're not financial advisors or anything but that has given us some we feel better about our situation because we have that there in case anything does happen. She works in the medical field. So, you know, it's likely that she's going to get this illness and, you know, who knows what happens with that. She she actually had a patient a couple of weeks ago that tested positive for it. So she got stuck at home for a couple of days until she's symptom free for 14 days. And that came out of her PTO. But if she does get sick and she runs out of PTO, then, you know, we have that money to work with. So that's something I would encourage people to consider, talk about with your spouse, significant other, whatever. Because I know where we feel like we're in a way better place because we have that. Yeah, so many things to take into consideration. And like you said, we're not consult your legal financial professionals, but uh, it's always great to share our own experiences. And it's a great idea. I mean, it's having the security. We, we are hearing on TV, I'm seeing so many people that are stressed out over this and what's going on in the world and the uncertainty of what's going to happen. And, you know, none of us know that. And that really can mess you up. So finding security, however that means to you, I think is so important right now. And I think what's important for me is to talk travel a little bit. So let's like pivot a little bit. And I, Mark, you are. <laughs> let's get out of the depressing stuff. <laughs> no, but Mark, I mean, you are an accomplished traveler, an accomplished travel hacker, and somebody who knows miles and points really well. So oh, we should talk you. about. Oh, you're the talking other about Mark, the other yeah. Mark. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I would never give you that such a compliment. <laughs> cool, cool, Mark. <laughs> yeah. We're both with a K at least. Sorry, yeah, Mark, for this D. Yeah. No, no, sorry. <laughs> yes. But uh, Mark Jackson, you know, I, I, why don't you talk about what was your favorite all-time uh, miles and points redemption? Where did you go? You know, kind of inspire people listening who are kind of stuck at home right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them. I really loved using my Alaska miles. Um, pretty much a whole honeymoon, which I guess was two years ago now. We went for about three weeks to Southeast Asia and Japan and using Alaska miles to fly first class on Cathay Pacific on the way there and Japan Airlines in first class uh, on the way back. Did you put soy sauce on your rice? Oh, no. Cathay Pacific. <laughs> did, you, did you hear that podcast at all, Mark? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, my review of Cathay first. Oh, I'll, I'll, oh you send me the link. I'll, uh, yes. I'll listen to that. It's, uh, it's definitely funny. 
<laughs> anyway, sorry. No, but it was a you know just very obviously honeymoon's a great time, very special redemption. I had never flown, hadn't flown first class on miles. I I flew, I did the uh, Emirates first class paid deal from Cairo to Hong Kong and back a couple of years ago to experience that, which was a great deal and a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, it, just getting over there and back and kind of the lap of luxury and the sushi chefs in the in the airport in the lounge on the way um, from Tokyo to, uh, I believe we flew to L- no, f- Tokyo to Chicago. And just having that whole experience with my wife was, was really great. And flying, you know, to the Maldives and redeeming points at the Conrad Maldives, you know, for four nights for free in an overwater bungalow. We actually switched our whole trip around when the whole blogosphere kind of realized that Conrad Maldives changed their redemption categories and you could redeem your 95,000 Hilton points for an overwater bungalow. So I'm like, okay, we're not going to Koh Samui anymore. We're still going to go to Thailand. We're going to go to Phuket. But we're... <laughs> it's amazing how our trips can change on such, yeah. a, oh, such a small thing. My wife jokes she never knows where we're actually going or actually staying because I've switched oh, the hotel my, yeah, my wife five different times, you know, and <laughs> she just rolls with it, which, you know, it's always going to be fun. So that that part, you know, she knows at least that it'll it'll all work out <laughs> once we get there. <laughs> Question for you. Did you meet her in college or after after college? Uh in in grad school. Okay. Uh we didn't we didn't go to the same grad school. We met through a friend, but um cuz I was going to say like it would have been cool like when you're dating. I know you were already in the miles and points then. So were you ever like, "Hey, this weekend do you want to go here or whatever?" and <laughs> When you guys were first dating, she had no clue that you were using miles and points. Oh yeah, pretty, or, pretty, pretty early on, I was like, "Hey, you, you want to go to Paris?" <laughs> and she's, uh, <laughs> and she, she, um, it wasn't like that weekend, but uh, she, uh, she's very involved in the uh, tennis community. Um, she volunteers for the United States Tennis Association, so she'd wanted to go to the French Open, obviously, and had access to tickets through her work. So I was like, "Well." I've got a great Hyatt for us to stay at in Paris during this whole event. So we stayed at the Park Hyatt, Vin, hashtag Vendoming. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> during the event. It's one of my favorite hotels. I love that hotel. And uh, it turns out a lot of the tennis players were staying there with us. So, you know, we walk out of the hotel and all the French paparazzi would like put their cameras down because they knew that we weren't famous. Uh, you know, walking out of this place. And then, I work for Brad's deals. I'm famous. And then at, yeah, exactly. And then I'm a, I'm a points and miles blogger, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, and then, uh, you know, at breakfast, we noticed that a woman has like two nannies with her with like two sets of twins. And my wife looks over and realizes that it's uh, Roger Federer's ro- wife because he has oh, two wow. sets of twins. So like we're eating breakfast next to Roger Federer's wife. So Roger Federer is staying there, obviously. So it's like, if it's good enough for Roger Federer, I think it's uh, good enough for me. Two sets of twins? How does he have two sets of twins? I don't know. I don't know how it works, but... um, Super guy. He's Superman. (laughs) Super dad. Yeah. (laughs) And he's... He's not using points, probably. So I mean, that's a. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's now. Did you tell her? Did you tell her before all this that you're going to be using points, or were you like, "Oh, don't worry, I got it, babe." Oh no, yeah, I, I, <laughs> the the conversation with me quickly, you know, drifted to it's like, "Oh, have you used credit cards before? Like, what, what's your credit score like?" You know, <laughs> I was that guy. You know, yeah. it was before five twenty four. Otherwise, you'd be like, "How, how many uh, cards have we got in the last <laughs> right. two yeah. years?" Ooh, no, four. so she, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. She quickly. Uh, grasp the con concept so so now she's she's my player too so we uh yeah. you know we maximize would, I just, that <laughs> i feel like it'd be so cool if you were like dating like and you're like hey 
I know we only got on a couple dates, but you want to go to Jamaica to an all-inclusive this weekend? Don't worry. We'll go first class. Like, you could totally just sweep people off their feet with this stuff. It'd be, it'd be insane. And you don't tell them anything about what you're doing. I think that'd be kind of crazy. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely been an awesome part of my life, and that's why I've stuck with it so long. It's just added so much value. So I'm hoping that this uh, whole crisis here ends as quickly as possible so we can just get right back to it. For yeah. sure. I'm tired of being home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's only going to continue on. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, have you? I know you talked about you know your your future travels and things like that. Have you specifically had to cancel any big trips? And yeah, what was that like May the, that May trip that you were going to take? Oh man, it was. You know, I feel I don't feel as bad for my situation because you know we were the guests of the wedding, but we actually had a wedding in Italy that had to cancel. And that was in late May, so we were flying. We were flying from DC to. Casablanca on Royal Air Maroc using Etihad Miles. Great redemption. So we had to cancel that leg. And I actually got all my miles back pretty quickly and my taxes back. So I've heard, you know, it can be kind of Yeah, a, you, you didn't have to deal with United. <laughs> right. And, I, and I'm praying that Etihad doesn't have any default issues and my miles disappear because now I have close to 80,000 miles in there just sitting. <laughs> so I'm hoping that you know, nothing happens with them. But uh, yeah, we were going to spend a week in... In Morocco, a couple of cool Marriott properties there in Marrakesh and um, Fez. And then, oh, that's big on Sean's list too. You're making him jealous. Uh, yeah. I, well, I haven't been there, so I'm going to be jealous about jealous yeah. that you were going. Uh, yeah, yeah, jealous of the trip you had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'm waiting on our flight. So we the wedding was in Tuscany, so we were flying direct. I love Ryanair. I mean, they have a direct flight from Marrakesh to Pisa, Italy. So I'm waiting for them to cancel that and get my refund back. I'm sure like many people out there just playing the waiting game on... Waiting until like a day before or two days or whatever. Yeah, and, and them actually canceling the the yeah. leg because there's, mm-hmm. they're not waiving any... They're not being as nice as other airlines. So yeah, there and then a um, couple days in, in Italy and then flying from there to Scotland because I took advantage of the Hyatt Globalist you know, Executive Platinum match this year and had found... Um, a way to use my um, system-wide upgrades to get us from Europe back to Phoenix and then from Phoenix back to Europe for Oktoberfest in September. And you guys probably know this, that if you fly from Scotland in a premium cabin, you don't pay the taxes that you would if you were flying from like London. So we had to get all the way to uh, Scotland for that, from fly from um, Inverness. We had this whole trip you know, booked this way. It was very intricate, and that's all canceled. American has given me, they, they were supposed to give me a credit for the flights from Inverness because it was on American Airlines and they refunded my wife's ticket fully. So they gave me the cash back, but I haven't heard anything about my ticket. <laughs> so it's a huge mess. <laughs> one for two ain't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> to well, get a voucher at least for the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the voucher's fine. The interesting thing too is that um, the, the British pound has dropped relative to the US dollar. So I actually lost like $50 in the conversion when getting the refund oh wow so that's that's kind of funny i mean it's nothing to lose sleep over but (laughs) it's still still still, it just stings a little bit yeah so i mean that is the downside of kind of piecing together these crazy trips it's not just like a nice little package trip that you just got to worry about one cancellation it's you have to rebook your september flights out for oktoberfest then since you canceled the leg back exactly so 
got, I'm waiting on that, obviously, to see if that trip even happens. You know, if, if the world is a little bit calmer, then yeah, I'm definitely going. <laughs> or if it turns into the Walking Dead with zombies. Yeah, I mean, who knows if they're going to allow <laughs> Oktoberfest to even happen. Yeah, it's you true. Know, it's, it's like a big the... group of people. Yeah. So that may change. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And I, I, but I, ha- I do still have my Andaz uh, Munich reservation ready to go. So pretty good redemption, too. So I'm, hope- I'm, I'm hoping that it happens, but we'll see. Yeah, that hotel looks really, really nice. Yeah, and, a good deal. I mean, it's like 550 euros a night versus the, I think it's 20,000 Hyatt points a night. It might be 25. That's good. Yeah, that's a good deal. Really good yeah, deal. Either way, yeah. It's a good deal. I think it's 20 because I was like, wow, that's... It's really crazy to think about, you know, how the, the large crowds will be an issue and how the things will change going forward. And we just got news today that Disney is closed indefinitely. It just seems like things like that, even six months away, are probably likely not to happen or to happen in different forms it's sort of crazy that all that's still up in the air this far out but you want to hope that you'd be able to do it but that's insane and especially with disney you know i'm a pretty big disney fan like yourself sean as you know and yeah so i wanted to make sure we mentioned that oh for sure (laughs) it's a whole separate podcast but you know it's (laughs) i the thing i worry about is you know once the parks are able to open it's not like they just turn the lights on and open the gates and let people back in i mean there's I mean, a lot of, you know, they're, they're paying the employees still until mid-April, I think. I, I just saw that kind of come through when I, before I yeah, hopped on 18th. here. Yeah, so, I mean, they can't do that forever, I don't think. But rehiring all these people, and then they kicked out everyone from Epcot that worked in the various countries. So, you know, I hope that they restart that program after this. But, I mean, that's a huge recruiting program that has, like, year-long contracts for these kids from, you know, Norway and Mexico and France and all this stuff that isn't like you can just go recruit some kids from Orlando that, you know, happen to be from Norway. You know, it takes a lot of upfront planning and, and whatnot to, to staff those pavilions. So, you know, Epcot itself may change and they may decide just to do away with it completely. Who knows? You know, just as a cost cutting measure, yeah. because every company is going to be looking at ways to save money here. You know, with Epcot so under construction, they could just close that park and sort of re-envision it. So we'll see if that happens. I doubt it will. I think Disney knows a little bit about what's going on because they've had to deal with, with this in China, with their parks now being closed. I think uh, Shanghai Disneyland's on its ninth week of closure and Hong Kong Disneyland, I think, is on its eighth week of closure. I'm sure that they have, they're kind of developing protocols for reopening parks there that'll kind of help them when they do it here. But it's going to be a while. And then who knows when it reopens, if they're going to have social distancing where, you know, they're going to use virtual queues and spread people out and the effects that that will have. And it'll be really crazy. But I know that I, I would be tempted to be there on the first day that they open, despite despite all the, <laughs> which is a little crazy, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah super yeah. crazy. I, mean, I said I'd be tempted. I didn't say I would do it. <laughs> Especially because you've been there like 27 times this year. Oh, no, just once. I did get to go there right before they closed. March 8th, I was there, so I'm, I'm okay. It's only been a couple of weeks. But would you go, Mark? Are you? Would you go right when they open? Would you consider it? No. No. Oh, oh, the other You wouldn't even go if it's open. So. <laughs> I, I think uh, I'd definitely consider it. I mean, I live closer to Disneyland. I did get to ride, you know, Rise of the Resistance before all this happened in late January. So I would be pretty bummed if I hadn't ridden it yet and probably been a little bit more yeah. anxious to get out there. But I think it would be pretty interesting to see. I I do think that once they do open, you know, there's plenty of people that haven't canceled their trips uh, to Disney, you know. And so the people that already had their trips planned are probably going to still going to go, are probably still going to go. And I think the the parts will be pretty packed pretty quickly after opening 
but I, I do agree with you that it's definitely going to be different. And I think a lot of virtual queuing may, may be in place. I don't think every park will be open at the same time. It's a good point you made about Epcot. I mean, I think if they are already redoing basically the whole park, why not just open it a couple months afterward and get some things completed without crowds and get it done maybe even a little faster. So we'll see. And that decision might have been made. Like you said, they sent home all of their international cast members and then they all their college cast members for this semester, they just fired them all and sent them home when they closed. So they clearly had some sort of plan, long-term plan figured out for what they think is going to happen. And maybe they're not letting us know that. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how we all kind of reacclimate to being in crowds after we're all shut in for a few months. And, uh, you know, with that, do you have any, like, closing tips, you know, for kind of for people out there looking to save money to kind of do the best that they can through this time? Yeah, I think, um, you know, be patient. Definitely wait to book any trips. You should definitely listen to government authorities and understand, you know, what is probably safe and not safe to book. When you're shut in your home, don't overspend. Don't just be bored and shop uh needlessly i think uh you know don't buy your kids a trampoline like i just did last night <laughs> well that might that might be a good purchase though <laughs> that uh, yeah i did because I, I feel so bad for them so and i use that 20 percent off uh, membership reward thing on amazon the one point 20 off so I, I got a good pretty good deal on it but oh that's still, good yeah all right sorry to interrupt no no but i mean <laughs> that's what don't i do, do it mark did. don't do it mark uh, austin Osterman did. <laughs> Oh, you called me Osterman. You I oh. slipped. I, I slipped. Kirsten's going to send you a message. I corrected halfway through. <laughs> please, please don't tell her. Don't tell her. But yeah, I think just focus on the essentials. Um, I think a little bit of austerity within your family at this time is probably a smart move. And just take it day by day and stay sane and stay healthy. We'll, we'll all get to travel soon. Just We just don't know when. <laughs> yeah, that's the big thing. Just to stay sane stay healthy. You know, vaccine is, will happen at some point and treatments will get, will improve and things will get back to, to pretty much normal. So it's just a waiting game. All right. And that's going to do it for this week. Mark Jackson, do you recommend people just go to bradsdeals.com? Where can they kind of find you? Where do you recommend that they uh, check it out? Yeah, check out bradsdeals.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we send uh, a, a daily newsletter of the 30 best deals every day direct to your inbox. And if you want to check out some of my blog posts, bradsdeals.com slash blog. We'll have everything I've written for the past six or seven years now. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us and giving us great insight sharing uh it's always great to talk to a disney fan and a travel hacker and uh somebody who knows and somebody named mark and somebody somebody else who has been the only witness to (laughs) has witnessed uh the other marks uh shenanigans in person oh yeah we didn't bring up the uh the the greatest bar for social distancing (laughs) ever in washington (laughs) dc the one that's just in a, a vacant abandoned oh, yeah. lot oh i know I, <laughs> that's true that that bar is probably doing great right now because it's built for the apocalypse <laughs> it, really it was, feels it was like born it. out of the apocalypse i mean yeah i think the rest of the world may start looking like what that bar looked like i mean yeah. i can't it was a bar out in the middle of a field uh right across from uh national stadium yeah right across from the national stadium in dc and it's actually not just a bar it was a brewery right they right yeah. A brewery, yeah. yeah and <laughs> all their the brewery equipments outside in a dirt lot and their bathrooms are inside a shipping container without any lights <laughs> it was amazing i loved it it was a great night and uh we'll have to talk about it next time because we didn't do it this time but uh hopefully 
Mark Jackson, you will come back and uh, uh, some other time and we can talk some more. And uh, until next time, you can find us at mtmpodcast.com. And uh, see you later. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.